Good morning. Welcome to Life on Edit. I'm your host, John Aberly. Today, my guest is Dr. De- Gay Culverhouse. Uh, she is the former president of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Her father was the longtime owner of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Hugh Culverhouse. Uh, she wrote a book a few years back called Throwaway Players, The Concussion Crisis from Pee Wee Football to the NFL. She also runs a crisis center for uh, football players right now experiencing problems from concussion syndrome and for their families. We're going to get into the whole concussion thing today. What did the NFL know? What should they do? And where's it all going to go from here? Uh, Dr. Kovarhaus, thank you for coming on. Oh, it's my pleasure. I really appreciate this. Kind of put this together last minute uh, towards the middle of the week, but I figured the time is perfect with what's going on here in Philadelphia, with the, uh, really can't say the hearings beginning, but at least the process starting in federal court in Philadelphia today, uh, this week. Uh, the judge is listening about either to throw out the case or to consolidate it to a class action lawsuit, which would be beneficial to the players and their families. Now, I wanted to ask you, uh, why did you get involved so heavily? What made you want to start the program that you started? Well, it's very simple. I uh, visited a number of uh, players that had played for the team when it was first formed in the 70s and was visiting Tampa and stopped in to see some of the guys and their families and was quite taken with their state of disability. Uh, both physical, which you certainly expect. I mean, I have arthritis, but the mental uh, disability, the inability to form thoughts, to find words, to carry on a conversation was striking. And I thought, somebody's got to do something here, and I don't see anyone else ponying up. And I uh, abhor a vacuum, if I see something that needs to be done, I rush right in, and uh, so I got heavily involved. Now, wasn't that kind of putting yourself out there a little bit, kind of going against maybe what the rest of the NFL uh, ownership and management was involved in? I mean, wasn't that kind of stepping outside? I'm not a member of the NFL anymore. That's true. That's true. I'm an outsider. That's I'll t- That is true. So you saw it then from both ends. You saw it from yeah. the inside, and then you were able to kind of come from the angle of the outside, and, and you had a feel for what was going on. Right, and you have to understand I'm a woman, and I'm the first woman to have run an NFL team. Correct. And I think women view things differently. I think that's why there are a lot of women who are nurses. They're caregivers. Mm-hmm. They're, they want to heal and help. That seems to be a woman's nature. And so I think having a woman in position in the NFL allowed me later to see that it was a problem that needed to be corrected, and morally and ethically, we needed to do what we could do. Now, you make a great point there, because my wife and I were talking earlier in the week, we're definitely due for a female president. It could make a big difference in the next uh, 10 years or so to get a woman into the presidential uh, White House, because you're right, women do approach this differently. Uh, the NFL is still obviously an old boy school, uh, beginning to change a little bit, but still pretty much in control. 
have you had any backlash from your, you know, the people that you used to deal with on the inside of the NFL? No, I um, I left the NFL in '94, the year my father died, mm-hmm. and a lot of the owners that I was friendly with, if you will, um, are no longer in the NFL. There are a couple, but basically we've seen a turnover of the what I call the old guard, the group that put together, Al Davis put together his group with the NFL and formed an entirely new organization. And that was the group that, you know, started the whole thing. But that was more of the group of owners that we dealt with. Since then, you know, the Redskins have turned over, the Jets have turned over, the Giants are on their way to turning over. You know, the the whole thing has shifted. So the men, Billy Bidwell and George Young and that group that I dealt with are no longer there. Do you think that's for the better or for the worse? I think they were pioneers in getting the NFL to be an incredibly successful business. And the people who are coming in now are reaping the benefits of the pioneers. I'll agree with that one. Do you think that the NFL back then, uh, the upper echelon, do you think they knew what was happening to the players or what could potentially happen to the players? Did they see the signs? Were they no. told? No, and no. The I talked to several doctors, team doctors, who were team doctors in the 70s, 80s, early 90s. They had no clue. And you have to understand, the team doctors were general physicians or orthopods. They did not study neurology. They were more worried about Joe Theismann's broken ankle or someone's shoulder or knee than they were their head. And the players themselves dismissed it and says, got my bell rung, got dinged. Um, You would see players walking to the huddle, hitting their helmet with their hand. They thought that would make their eyes focus. Well, that was the culture of the times. I mean, I grew up uh, in the 70s and 80s, and and, and the culture of the times was also you didn't drink water. You were weak if you wanted water during practice or or, or working out. nobody knew. No, nobody. And I will... I have to cut slack on that one to the NFL in general, because you're right, nobody knew. No one had a clue what was going on, you know, what the potential could be. Then over the course of the next 15, 20 years, players got bigger, faster, stronger. Now you saw you were, you were there during that change of, of, of size and strength and speed, Now, your opinion, how much do you think performance-enhancing drugs had to do with the concussion syndrome later on the players? Because they did become stronger and faster and bigger. Right. Well, you know, they came in from the weightlifters in Germany, in East Germany. That's how the drugs came into the United States. I'm very familiar with it. I've been in the bodybuilding game uh, since I was 15. So, yeah, I did a whole report on that in college. Yeah, it started off with the Bulgarians, the East Germans. Right. And then it was realized, hey, 
this can enhance, and then it worked its way through yeah. the Eastern Bloc, and then eventually it got into bodybuilding, and then it kind of crossed over into the NFL very quietly. Right. Out in California, one of the strength coaches for the East Europeans came into California and started working with the bodybuilders out there and quickly got a coterie of people around him. And then the football players, who oftentimes did weightlifting in off-season, you know, bodybuilding mm-hmm. and everything in off-season. And it's sort of insidious the way it started because it wasn't malicious. It was just, I need a bigger body. I, I need to stop those guys on the line. And nobody knew the side effects that they were getting themselves into. No, 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 not at all. Again, having been around it, uh, starting in the mid-80s when I was in high school, uh, playing football, high-level, uh, weightlifting, so on and so forth, and still weightlifting to this day, people back then didn't know. No. They didn't know the side effects. Um, you know, you went, you, you, you did the shots, uh, maybe you took some, uh, some oral me- uh, steroids, you grew 25, 30 pounds over the you know, off-season, right. and then you came back. But a lot of people also realized it was good for helping you recuperate from an injury. Exactly. The body heals more quickly. Yes, it does. So there was an excuse to use it for that purpose. I wouldn't even call that an excuse. That was probably... It the, was medicinal. Definitely. at the, It still is if it's done correctly. Yes. But... It gives the enhancing, and then the next thing you know, you had eight or nine 300-pound players in 1980, yeah. most of them with the Redskins, and by the end of the decade, uh, going into the 90s, you had close to 200 300-pound men. Yes. Un- I mean, the body's not meant to carry that much size. No. Well, it's a strain on the heart, mm-hmm. because the heart actually can't tell body fat weight from muscle weight. Correct. All it knows is it's carrying that weight. And a lot of the hearts on autopsy, as you already know, are much enlarged over what a quote-unquote normal heart would be. But with the increase in salary, and in the 70s, they weren't paid a lot of money. But with the increase of salaries, it was even more pressure to fight for your position and do things that you might not ordinarily have done. Well, I can think of two off the top of my head, Lyle Alzado and Mike Webster. Yes. Now, Lyle Alzado died, unfortunately, through cancer, which towards the end he attributed to the use of anabolic steroids. Now, that could be questioned, maybe. Yeah, that's never been proven never. to be a link. And as many of the guys have that have used anabolic steroids, you would think that there would be more of a propensity to have brain cancer, but there isn't in the research. And so I I feel for Lyle. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, his testicles shrunk, and his he, you know, he went through all the signs and symptoms of steroid use. But the brain cancer, although he attributed it, no medical personnel attributed it. No, that is correct. I remember his statement. He made that on uh, during an interview. I want to say with ESPN. 
and right away it was attacked, and that's the word I want to use, by other by doctors saying there is real no link to what he's saying that antibiotic steroids right. caused him brain cancer. Now, Mike Webster uh, freely admitted later on after he retired that he used steroids. Uh, oh, yeah. He got a lot of it. He said the beginning was to help him recuperate from injury. He That's learned right. it worked that way, but he also suffered from brain damage. And yes. that's been attributed to the repeated blows that he took to his head as a player. So now the question is, and I think you agree with me on this, you know, the combi- the perfect storm of, of situations from, we'll say, the late 70s through the mid-90s. The use of, of performance-enhancing drugs, the gaining of size, strength, and speed, the game becoming quicker and more specialized really kind of led it. You almost couldn't have avoided what's happening now with the players retiring with different forms of, uh, of, of brain damage, of concussion syndrome to some degree. Would you, would you agree to that? Yes. I, it, it sounds like you're quoting my book. And I didn't read the book. I only read a few quotes from it. That wasn't one of them. <laughs> You're <laughs> quoting my book. I, I did a, a major profile on Lyle Alzada and Mike Webster. Excellent. Dr. Kovacs, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to finish this discussion on the NFL and concussion syndrome. You're listening to Life Unedited. I'm your host, John Averly. We'll be back in a moment. Wish there was a local hardware store that provides friendly, quality service, a terrific selection of products, and meets or beats the prices of the big box stores? Well, wish no longer, because that store is Ace Hardware of Westchester. Spring is finally springing. Get ready by taking advantage of Ace's April Red Hot Buys. It's time to treat your yard with Scott's Super Turf Builder with Holtz Crabgrass Preventer. 15,000 square feet bags, only $32.99. Save $9. Scott's Nature Scapes Advanced Color Enhanced Mulch. Two cubic feet bag in a variety of colors, just $3.99 each with your Ace Rewards card. Roundup Pump and Go Extended Control Weed and Grass Killer Spray. Save $10 at just $14.99. Hummingbird Feeder, including 16-ounce concentrate at just $5.99. Save $8 with the Ace Reward card. And Rubbermaid Brute 32-gallon Commercial Grade Trash Can, only $19. 99. Ace Hardware of Westchester is located on Strasburg Road, right behind the Daily Local News, and they're open seven days a week for your convenience. And remember, Ace Hardware and Ace Hardware of Westchester are the helpful places. Are you in need of independent financial advice due to a change in job status or preparing for retirement? Come see us at Penn Liberty Wealth Advisors. This is Jim Quinlan, Executive Vice President of Penn Liberty Wealth Advisors. Our financial professionals are trained to provide the members of our communities with assistance as they experience various life events. As we travel through life, events occur such as changing jobs, corporate downsizing, preparing for retirement, change in marital status, or selling a business. Let a Penn Liberty Wealth Advisor help you make the right financial decision for your unique situation. Contact Penn Liberty Wealth Advisors at 866-736-6542 or by email at plbwa at plbwa.com. Securities and advisory services offered through SII Investments, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC, and a registered investment advisor. SII is not affiliated with Penn Liberty Wealth Advisors.
reason to buy a Toro Zero Turn more? How about two? Time and money. The Toro Time Cutter with Smart Speed turns on a dime and trims clothes around landscaping for faster mowing. Power through the toughest grass with the durability and affordability of Titan and Z-Master mowers. Now with $500 savings through May 31st and special financing subject to credit approval. See your participating Toro dealer for details. In Harleysville, visit Meeting House Garage. Hi, I'm Ron Franklin, and you're listening to WCHE 1520 AM, the talk of Chester County. Welcome back to Life on Ed. I'm your host, John Averly. Today, my guest is Dr. Gay Kornhaus. Uh She has written the book, Throw Away Players, The Concussion Crisis, from Pee Wee football to the NFL. She was also the Tampa Bay Buccaneers president from 1991 to 94. But before we get back to the interview, I wanted to make an announcement. Uh, we have a charity event going on today, Hope Shines, for TWLOHA 2013 Festival of the Arts. Let's say it again. Get on the go ahead, Bryn, you can do it. It stands for To Write Love on Her Arms. To Write Love on Her Arms. And it's being held in Upper Darby at the uh, American Legion Post 214. That is 6914 Chestnut Street, Upper Darby, PA. Live performances by River Monroe, Young Maddock, and Darian. And she is the. Um, Darian is the organizer slash host of the event, but there's more performances at the Randolph Band. And it starts from, uh, goes from 5 to 9, right? 5 to 9, doors open at 4.30. It is a free event with a free will donation. So if you want to give something, you can, but you don't have to give. But please do so. It's a beautiful day out, too, and the performers that will be there are excellent. There you go. We'll do that again the next break. Okay. Gay, I want to, uh, you know, we took the break. We were really getting into the meat of it. I, I hope I didn't come across wrong when I said I hadn't read your book. Not that I didn't want to, just haven't had the chance. This kind of came together quickly. That's fine. But, well, I just wanted to make sure you understood, because I normally try to read every book before I do an interview. No, it's but... just so funny, because you're just <laughs> quoting it freely, and well, it sounds like you've read it. Now, you know, it's interesting about this. I was, I interviewed, uh... Chris Nowinski a couple, about five, six years ago. Yeah, Chris is a good friend. Chris is a really nice guy. I had him on, and, uh, you know, he's a Ivy League graduate. Uh, he, NFL, uh, also wrestled for a while in the WWF. So I'm, I'm pretty familiar with what's going on here within the NFL and the players. Now, I want to ask you, tell us about... Uh, Tom McHale, former Tampa Bay Buccaneers player whom you were pretty close to. I was very close to Tom. Um, Tom is is just about the most typical case of head trauma that you can find. And, and one thing you have to understand is not everyone, you know, and you have to think of soccer players and hockey players and NASCAR racers and people who fall off horses, etc. Not everyone who has a concussion ends up with severe damage. So if your child or you suffer concussion, don't think you're going to end up like, you know, the people we talk about. These are extreme cases. And when you look at all the people who've played in the NFL, the percentage of people who end up with dementia, Alzheimer's, severe problems is is not a vast amount percentage wise. 
but like anything, we talk about the bad things that happen, and rarely the successful players like Sean Farrell, who is uh, a Merrill Lynch director, for example, of eight offices. So, you know, you you have to put things into perspective, and he played on the offensive line. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he played with Tom McHale. So you have to understand that not everyone who plays the position and gets hit on the head ends up a basket case. Well, there's different grades of concussions. Uh, there's and different, uh, you know, the body, everyone's body is, is different. different. That's it. You know, That's you've got it. someone like Randall Tex Cobb, the former boxer who had his head pulverized for years and just graduated, I believe, with his master's degree in business from Temple University. Right. So I'll tell you about Tom, but I don't want everyone to think, oh my gosh, my child can't play sports. I understand. You, know, you made the, yeah, I understand. Not what I want to say. We're talking about extreme cases here. Tom McHale was the typical Irishman, hail fellow well met, large guy, went to Cornell and graduated in the industry of, uh, I think it's restaurant and hospitality. He played on our offensive line with a great group of guys, just a close, well-knit group of guys. Tom took a special interest in my 14-year-old daughter, and when rookies would come in and they would spot my daughter hanging around my office or going with me somewhere, um, he was very quick to warn them that was the grandfather's favorite granddaughter, and they better stay away if they wanted their checks signed. So he was her protector, her knight in shining armor. And when they had uh, modeling for charity, he was always her partner, and he was this huge strapping guy, and she's still to this day less than five foot three. Um, So we were very close with Tom. Tom uh, finishes playing for the Buccaneers, and he opens a couple of restaurants, bars, and steakhouses. He's always giving to charity, having charity events. Um, He's the typical Irishman's hospitality coming out of his ears. Just, you couldn't wait to go to McHale's Pub. And then things started to change. He started to lose his business acumen. His personality started shifting to where he was no longer the favorite Irish son. Hmm. He had three boys at home, and he was no longer the loving father who went to all the games that they had or, or took part in family life. His wife, Lisa, who's a friend of mine, said he became moody. And she didn't understand all the time what he was talking about. He would have these non sequiturs that sort of went off into space. Hmm. At the same time, he started hanging out with a group of people that were not the people you would want him to hang out with or expect him to hang out. They were drug users. But he was suffering severe headaches, 
mood swings and thought that prescription drugs and illegal drugs would help him cope. Well, that's not uncommon for people who have a mental illness either. No, not at all. No, this is a. This is why I say this is a very typical story. Yeah. Tom lost his business. He moved out of his home. He said to his wife he didn't want her or his children to see him like this. He went to live with a friend and went to rehab during the day. Everyone thought he was doing well at rehab, but in essence, he was not. He was still abusing drugs. And one night he overdosed. And that's a shame. He, um, again, was, was just self-medicating, trying to get through what he was experiencing. Yes. yes. And he didn't know what was happening. And when his brain was autopsied by Chris Nowinski's group, Sports Legacy Institute in mm-hmm. Boston, they found the brain of an 85-year-old man with dementia. Yeah, pretty much the same story in a lot of ways with uh, Andre Waters, the former Philadelphia yes. Eagle. And Andre, I knew Andre because he was down in Belle Glade, Florida. Mm-hmm. And Andre was so desperate that he torched his own chicken factory, thinking he would get the insurance money, not realizing he would be picked up for arson. Jeez. You know, he lost his ability to reason, and that's what starts happening. Well, you know, it's it's interesting to me, Gay, because I, I think back to when I learned to play football. I don't remember being taught to lead with my head when I made a tackle. I was taught to tuck my head to the left or right of the player's body and drive with my shoulder. Right. When it, Can you recall at all when that began to change when using your head as almost a spear well, became the way to go spearing. yeah but but it was illegal to actually spear a player out in the open a quarterback you right. couldn't come flying in from behind and just go right through his shoulder blades but somewhere later on plays in the pile plays going to the outside you, it became the norm to lead with your well, head. Well, anything you could get away with to bring your opposition down, you were going to do. And, you know, since the NFL has become very proactive, since we had the hearing, um, the congressional hearing, mm-hmm. the NFL has become very proactive. And every year, the competition committee led by Rich McKay, John McKay's son, um, has put into effect rules to make the players safer. Like this year, you know, they have taken the head out of the game completely. Well, they've put the rule in now if you're a running back, uh, you bounce to the outside, you can't use your head, lower your head as the play's right. ending. You're only allowed to use your head on the first couple yards into the hole through the middle of the pile. It's going to take a little while for the players to relearn. It's going to take a while. I talked to one coach. He says, I don't even know how to teach this. I I have to agree. (laughs) I'm trying to think, how do you teach what's become second nature? Yes, and that's what the coaches who 
have been doing this for eons. The coaches in the NFL are not straight out of college. These these men have coached years in the NFL. They can't figure out how to teach it. The guys are going to have a hard time doing it. Well, that's it, kid. We're going to have to, again, we're going to hit that on, on the back end when we do this commercial break here. You're listening to Life Unedited. I'm your host, John Aberly. Today, my guest is Dr. Gay Goverhouse. We are talking about the NFL and concussions. Be back in a few moments. The Voices of Shale Energy. My name is Nathan Bennett. I'm a geologist and a regulatory supervisor working with the shale energy industry in Williamsport, PA. When I tell people that, they say, so you're the guy whose job it is to protect our water. Actually, in shale operations like the one around Williamsport, there are literally hundreds of trained professionals working to keep the process safe and the water protected. That means everything from encasing our wells in multiple layers of steel and cement to monitoring the water we use when drilling for oil and natural gas. As a proud fourth-generation Pennsylvanian, those are the sort of fact-based reassurances I know I'd want to hear. And as someone employed by the oil and natural gas industry, those are the answers I'm committed to sharing. The way I see it, my job to protect the water and the environment is simply too important not to get right. Learn more about Shale Energy at energyfromshale.org. Shale, the energy to do it right. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. When some of the biggest stars in entertainment stop by on WCHE, they talk to Bryn McHenry on The Bryn Project, like Jennifer Grey, the star of Dirty Dancing. Patrick was a fantastic ballet dancer, so his whole thing was, I've never dropped anybody, and I just didn't find that that comforting, even though it should have been. Actress and singer, Emmy Rossum. I like anything that's challenging, and I like when you play a character that has bad intentions. It's fun to get to the root of that. Co-star of 30 Rock and self-proclaimed champion of the world, Judah Friedlander. I'm actually not a superhero, banned from being a superhero, because I'm in spandex. It's just too too much of a turn-on for people. Dancing with the Stars champion, Melissa Rycroft. Tony and I, this time around, came in with a completely different attitude, which was enjoy this opportunity. The host of So You Think You Can Dance, Kat Dealey. I think it's about holding your nerve and trying a few different avenues. Plus, the latest in health tips. But I always tell people again, it's moderation. Beauty tips from stars like U.S. Women's Soccer Team goalkeeper Hope Solo. My routine now is quite simple. I cleanse, I definitely use a toner, and then I moisturize. And the latest gossip from Hollywood. Hi, I'm Brim McHenry. Listen to my show, The Brin Project, Wednesdays at 12.15 p.m. and Saturdays at 12 p.m. right here on WCHE 1520 AM, The Talk of Chester County. Hi, I'm Bill Berge from the Philadelphia Eagles, and you're listening to WCHE 1520 AM, the talk of Chester County. Welcome back to Life on Edim, your host, John Eberly. Today, my guest is Dr. Gay Culverhouse. She is the former president of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Her father, Hugh, was the longtime owner of the Buccaneers. She has written the book, uh, which can be found on Amazon.com, Throwaway Players, the Concussion Crisis from Pee Wee Football to the NFL. Before we get back to the interview, we're talking be uh, off the air there, Bryn and I, about the charity event we talked about a little while ago in Upper Darby. Go ahead, tell us a little bit yes, more about it. It is called Hope Shines for 
to write love on her arms which is an organization that deals with helping people who struggle with things like depression self-mutilation suicide just things like that things that we talk about on the show mm -hmm. probably more often than not unfortunately and um and you said there's some good people that are going to be there, some Yes, it, there'll be some local artist performers like Rivers Monroe, Darian, who's the one who put this whole event together, Adam Randolph Band, The Final Statement, Vent, and Young Matic. There's also an artist showcase for a girl named Lily Amberg. You can get love painted on your arm by some young artists. Excellent. Actually, it's going to be for four four thirty. It opens. Doors open at four thirty. It's technically a free event. You're welcome to donate as your ticket price, Great. but you're not required to donate. Well, no, please donate if you're heading down. It's a beautiful Saturday afternoon, so it'd be a nice evening, a little mm -hmm. cool, but clear, no rain. So please go down Upper Darby and check at out the, the American event. Legion and right. Upper Darby. Right. Uh, okay, getting back to our interview now. Um, for yourself, opening up your outreach center uh how has that affected you what have you seen how has that affected you personally over the years well i feel like i've helped a number of people mm -hmm. and that will continue forward um I, it'll just play forward because we brought it out into the open um, I made a lot of contacts, like Chris Nowinski. Mm -hmm. um, we have let players know across the country by traveling that the NFL has programs specifically for them. The problem is the NFL had programs, has programs for people with all sorts of problems after they have left the NFL. Uh, they even do prostate. Prostate. Huh. Yes, thank you. Screening <laughs> and heart screening, and they have mental health services, they have financial services, they have services to help you get a second career. I, the NFL has an incredible number of programs. The problem is when a player is told to clean out his locker or he retires, he does not leave a forwarding address. And he changes venues quite often. So the NFL doesn't really have an address or an email to be able to get in touch with players and remind them of the services that are available for them. They're giving a notebook or a letter, but how many guys really open these things and read them? Uh, not many, and most of these gentlemen are still pretty young yeah. when they do retire because NFL career doesn't ask, last that long. And, you know, they're young men who still think they're indestructible, going about their lives, pursuing different things. Yeah, I, I would feel the same way if I saw yeah. a letter come in. And they think they've got, a, you know, plenty of money. I mean, what may worry? Yeah. And so the NFL, to their credit, when they've seen a need, they've started all of these programs. Problem is, you've got all these programs on one hand, but the information path to the player, the former player, was missing. So I thought best thing to do is fill in that gap. So I started a network 
basically communication network through the um, alumni associations and union associations for retired players and our internet and started letting players know of the services that were available through the NFL, particularly for those players and their families who were suffering from the effects of concussion or traumatic brain injury. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention this, that you do all this while having to live with your own disorder, (laughs) myelofibrosis, which is a bone marrow disorder where it affects the red blood cells. And, And, you know, in a way, this must be therapeutic for you as well. It gives you something to focus on, uh, something to really throw your heart into? Well, my heart and focus are are pulled in many directions. I have seven grandchildren. There you go. As all women, the heart is pulled everywhere. You know, and so I, and I also mentor students um, here in Florida where I live. I mentor a number of students and work with um, athletic supervisors and coaches and parents um, talking to them about head injury and how to identify it, as well as uh, mentoring um, 25-year-old, 26-year-olds who can't quite figure out what they want to do with their life. So it's a matter of being pulled at 85 directions. But that's um, good, though. That's good to have many things on great. your plate. Yeah, because it, it keeps you focused. It keeps you young. It gives you a reason to get up every morning. Oh, yes. That and the fact my dog usually has to go pee. <laughs> that I'll pass over to my wife because that's what gets us out of bed as well. Yeah. You hear the dog like, oh, that's it. It's got to go. It's got to go. Hey, <laughs> let me ask you, do you think the NFL's doing the right thing right now? Yes. Okay. Do you think this should be, as the NFL wants it, as part of the arbitration process with the union? Well, it, the, the problem is here, and it took me quite a while to figure all of this out. The union represents the players. Mm-hmm. The players want the union to represent them because the legal and the minutia involved in it is overwhelming for 22, 23-year-olds to try to figure out on their own and look 20 years into the future. So they need the union and the union attorneys to represent them because each player on his own is not going to have the ability or the time necessary to understand all of this future promising and money and using their likenesses in video games, et cetera, et cetera. So the union is necessary for the players. That's a tremendous point, and I'm going to cut you off, but I want to kind of stress what you're saying because I never really thought about it before. You have a group of men in particular in their 40s, 50s, 60s, whatever, that are making money off of players in their 20s, late 20s, early 30s, whose mindset is not there, as you just mentioned, to look that much further into the future and see what they need. And you're right. Them having a union, a union rep, is very important for an NFL player. Yes. It's very important. Very important. Definitely makes a difference. 
But again, do you think it should go through the court system? Should the judge allow this to proceed and then well, discovery or just keep it in-house is well, what the NFL wants? Let me tell you what the real problem is. Okay. And I studied this extensively. Um, I took every CBA and sent it to 12 attorneys. Hmm. And then in D.C., and then met with the attorneys in a room for an entire day, flew to Washington. And they said, because I was going to bring this suit for the players originally in 2010. And after that day, I was convinced there was no suit because the CBAs were drawn up in such a way that precluded the players from bringing this suit. Interesting. So, you're, you're again, you're saying the collective bargaining agreement, all the ones that have been since 82. Since 70s. Since 70s, excuse me. I remember the 82 one because of the strike. But going back to that time period, it's been written mm-hmm. where it pretty much eliminates yes. the, the possibility of the players suing based yes. on this concussion syndrome. Yes. Wow. That's what I'm telling you. So really, then so you expect the judge, uh, Judge Anita, to to throw this out then and tell them to go back to the table and sit uh, in, in arbitration? That's my guess. Now then, I don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I know from my experience with 12 top D.C. attorneys what information I received. Okay, now let's just say that happens. Let's go with that as a strong possibility right now. Do you think the players can work this out with NFL owners and management to the point where they would be satisfied? No one will ever be satisfied in a lawsuit. That's true. It's like a divorce. No one is ever satisfied with the ruling because they feel like they didn't get enough. That's true. I'll step back and put it this way. <laughs> For a person on the outside looking in, maybe I, I can't even say a fan. We'll say someone who has some knowledge on this. Yourself as a prime example. Do you think that, that, that they'll be able to work something out where the players are taken care of? The players, it, it, you know... It, you don't understand how complex the question you ask is. Um, because there's so many different layers. Some players signed away their rights to further monies by, by receiving their pensions early. And these players have now run out of money and are trying to go through the courts to get more. But they signed away their rights, because I've dealt with a number of players like that, a number of players. They didn't realize it, did they, they at all? They didn't realize what they were doing. They needed money. They wanted money. They had a house payment due. And so they, they signed it away. They got a chunk of money from the NFL, but they lost their pension. It's sort of like if you raid your IRA. 
Yeah, I understand that. It, it's a shame, and, and we're going to okay, we're gonna come back and hit on that side of the topic right after this break. You're listening to Lifeline to Edit. I'm your host, John Aberly. Today, my guest is Dr. Gay Culverhouse. We are talking about the NFL and concussions. Be back in a few moments. Here are some important questions for our senior citizens. Are you over 62 and still making mortgage payments? Are you finding it more difficult to make ends meet on your fixed retirement income? Are you still looking for gold in your golden years? Well, maybe now is the time to finally start enjoying your retirement years. If you don't want to move from your home and you want to increase your monthly cash flow, then a home equity conversion mortgage may be the very best decision you can make. This is the home equity loan program for seniors that doesn't require monthly payments. Call now for a free equity checkup to see if you qualify for this federally regulated and insured program at 484-994-2826. That number again, 484-994-2826. For more information about dates and times for an upcoming educational seminar in Chester County. The IRS reports they have processed 10% less tax returns so far this year compared to last year. And you know what that means. Lots of people are procrastinating. If that's you, don't despair. Call the professionals at Liberty Tax Service in Downingtown or Westchester. Most people who don't file on time are afraid because they can't pay the full amount they may owe. Now, not filing is the biggest mistake because you may end up with a penalty of up to 25%. At Liberty Tax Service, they will prepare and file your federal, state, and local tax payment extension forms absolutely free. Now, don't make the mistake of not filing. At Liberty Tax Service, they understand you may feel overwhelmed. They will patiently walk you through the entire tax preparation and filing process. So for accurate tax preparation with a money-back guarantee, contact Liberty Tax Service at either their Westchester office at 610-696-5540, which is located at 323 East Gay Street near Rita's Water Ice, or the Downingtown office at 610-269-0600, which is in the Callan Shopping Center near Acme. Time is running out, so don't delay. Call today. This is Scott Palmer of the Philadelphia Phillies, and you're listening to WCHE 1520 AM, the talk of Chester County. Welcome back to Life on Edit. I'm your host, John Averly. Today, my guest is Dr. Gay Culverhouse. We are talking about the NFL and concussions. Uh, doctor, before we took the break, we were talking about the NFL players, how some have signed the way their pension rights. They've signed away their rights to sue the NFL, in particular to the concussion syndrome. Now, with all that said, it's, it sounds legal. It sounds, you know, not something that hasn't been done before in any other business. But what about public opinion? What about the fans of the NFL? Will they you know have what? any sway? I'll tell you what. This is interesting. Do you know that a linebacker existence in the NFL is 2.7 years. I know the average NFL player is about four years, period. Yes. Well, a linebacker isn't even vested at 2.7 years. Wow. The linebacker is the suicide position on any team. If you look at the number of players who are suffering the real concussion syndromes, 
They're linebackers. And these guys, you can't even name because in 2.7 years, they never became your favorite player. Yeah, in and out in the blink of an eye. Yes. And they are suffering the ramifications of the destroying hits that they take in those positions. But at 2.7 years, they're not vested. All they have is their entering salary of 386000 or something, and they then got an increase the second year, and then they're gone. But that's the contract that's negotiated by the union for these players. You have to serve four years plus a couple of months to be fully vested and be able to take advantage of the plans and system that the NFL has in place for retirement. Now, it's interesting because we can look at the title of your book, Throw Away Players, The Concussion Crisis from Pee Wee Football to the NFL. Now, I could see the NFL's point if I'm negotiating with the unions. I don't want to be responsible if I'm the NFL for a player that might have brought on concussion syndrome from a hit going all the way back to Pee Wee or through college. You can't prove when or you can't prove what was the definitive moment that brought on whatever well, those syndrome would be, especially if someone has only played a couple years in the NFL. But you know what's interesting? The NFL will take care of vested players regardless of how you got the concussion. We have a player, Jerry Eckwood, who played with the Buccaneers at the same time Ricky Bell did. Mm -hmm. This is in the very beginning with John McKay. Yeah, late 70s. Yeah, Jerry was out of Arkansas. Hell of a player. Hell of a player. He would get hit so badly he would walk to the opposing huddle and someone from the Bucks would have to run over and get him. He's now in assisted living in Tennessee, and he was the first player that we walked through the NFL system and got the paperwork done for and the, the medical testing and got him in a secure environment. But his first major concussion was as a high school student in a car accident. Mm. The NFL did not say, we did not cause your concussion. They never went down that road. And the NFL will state, we don't care how you got the concussions. But if you are suffering from dementia or brain damage or whatever you want to call it, and everybody calls it something else, if you are suffering mentally, if you are having symptoms of dementia, we will pay up to $112,000 per year for you to be in an assisted living facility. So they're willing to work with the players that are vested, but... And again, and you can look, you said the average linebackers two and a half years, the average player lasts four. Now you can run the numbers. I just wonder what's going to happen in the in the world of public opinion if the players are turned down on this lawsuit 
and they're told to go sit and negotiate with the NFL at arbitration. People will continue to be fans. They will continue to buy tickets. They will continue to scream and yell and have their favorite player until he's no longer with the team, and two years later he'll forget him and there'll be a new favorite player. And I know you're 100% right on that. No. I know you're one hundred percent. We have very right. short memories. Yes, we do. We do, unfortunately. And I, I do want to touch on because I know these are people that you deal with a lot. The unsung heroes, the caretakers of the players after they've retired and they have their injuries and they're going through the the fallout of, of having head injuries. Um, in particular the wives must be extremely difficult for them you know they marry young to an nfl player life is exciting and the money's great and everything that goes along with it then you know, as you progress you get older you're ready to retire you're looking at that next level of life and now your husband who might be in his late 30s mid 40s is declining as if he was in his 70s or 80s right it has to be traumatizing to the family, the nuclear family. That's why we have uh, groups of women that meet. We have something called Pink Ladies, Mm. where we provide services and understanding and one-on-one talking um, with the women because they are usually the first people to notice signs and symptoms of dementia. Their husbands start saying something goofy, his normal patterns of behavior start to change, and so we try to reach the women in the players' lives, whether it's sisters, girlfriends, spouses, moms, and try to tell them, look out for this, and if you see it, contact me and let's talk about it. Let's get your husband services from the NFL as soon as possible, because The services that they can get lead from something as minor as someone coming in and providing house cleaning and therapy for the husband, Um, but they also know that the woman needs help cleaning her house because she's so busy taking care of the husband. So they will provide that. There is money for that. And then there's money for physical therapy, um, occupational therapy, up until full residential care for the husband. But the woman is the one who ends up filling out the paperwork, taking him to his appointments. I'll tell you one sad story. Great player we had drafted second round out of um, Alabama, linebacker. He moved back to Tampa because that's where his former wife was, and that's where he knew some friends, because a lot of NFL players remain in the area. He he figured he had friends, so he moved from Alabama. He moved to Tampa. His um, former wife stepped in, as caregivers do, and said, I've got my own life going on, but I'll help you here. She set the GPS on his car so that he could come meet us at the medical center for testing because there's certain testing you have to have done to qualify for the program for the NFL. Mm -hmm. And the NFL pays for the testing. 
but you have to get yourself there at a certain time. So she sets his GPS. He gets there. We meet him. We take him in. We get everything lined up. At the end of the day, we say goodbye. He leaves. An hour later, one of the nurses sees this car driving around in circles in the parking lot. She comes and and gets someone inside. They call us, and no one set the GPS to get him home. Oh, she was going around in circles in the street. Yes. Ah, jeez. Dr. Culverhouse, I really want to say thank you for coming on today. Uh, You gave a totally different perspective, I think, to what's happening uh, with the NFL, with the players, and the concussion uh, situation that they're going through. I don't know if we fixed anything, but we definitely got some more things out in the open. Well, good. I I, I feel really good about that. Can I have you back on again in the future? Because I think there's a lot more to talk about. Oh, listen, I've I've got more experience in this than I ever know what to do with. Great. Thanks a lot, Doctor. I really appreciate you. Have a nice weekend. Oh, thank you. You too. Thanks. Bye-bye. Now, you've got a special here for us. We're going to talk about, again, the thing in Upper Darby. Yes, the Hope Shines event for the organization to write love on her arms, which aims at helping people struggling with depression, addiction, self-injury, and suicide. And we got some special uh, entertainers mm-hmm. there, and some people yes. I know. Some people you know. A former guest that you've had on your show, Rivers Monroe, will be performing, as well as Young Maddox, Darian, who is the main person that is putting this event together. She has a whole team of people. We should have her on in the future. You should. I will talk to her about it today. I'm volunteering with this event. Adam Randolph Bam will also be there. Vent and the final statement. She has an artist showcase, which I believe this is a fashion designer. Um, The girl's name is Lily Amberg. You can get love painted on your arms by young artists. There'll be a DJ and it's a free will donation to get in. You don't have to donate, but... But I'm telling it, yes. you to donate because it goes to a good cause. Mm-hmm. And you'll get some good entertainment today. It is a beautiful day out. It's going to roll into a nice, beautiful evening. Yes. It'll be a little cool, so make sure you bring a sweatshirt or something. But that's the extent of it. You're listening to Life Unedited, and I'll be back next week. Mm-hmm.